This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the manly Warthog Man Cave in the piney woods of north central Florida, God's country. In the Melvin Law Studio, the only official law firm partner of the University of Florida Gators. Great sponsor of ours and protected 24-7, 365 by crime prevention. Also great sponsors of ours who will take care of your security needs locally. Think that, check that, that's what you want. And all of the other great advertisers to support them. And we partner with the Lotro Chronicle who writes up a lot of the things we say and we say a lot of things they write up. So together we try to give you a good flavor of what's going on, not only locally, maybe statewide. And today, of course, with Ted Yoho joining us. Uh, anywhere in the world. Um, and right now he's en route and uh, he's very comfortable and he's on his way to his uh, uh, palace, I suppose, one of his many palaces, if you will, uh, this time in the mountains of Georgia. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, fun to have him with us. He and I are, are flying together in the dark, though. And I suppose you're flying in the dark with us if you're watching the events unfold that happened yesterday, which were unprecedented. And the term that I'm using for it, it's the Black Swan event. Now, Black Swan event is really kind of fascinating because, first of all, you have to figure out what it means. The longest time people didn't think a Black Swan existed. That's the myth anyway, and supposedly one does. And when you find it, you don't know what to do with it and how to get there and, well, you know, et cetera, et cetera. There are, however, some examples of black swan events, which I've taken a look at, one would be 9-11. Probably it would be considered a 9-11 black swan event. Unprecedented, unthought of, unheard of. I remember the moment I was seeing it happen, unfold in front of our eyes. Nobody could figure out what it was. Also, Tiananmen Square, where the lone uh, protesters stood in front of the Chinese tanks, uh, and no one knew what would happen after that. Nobody right. ever done that. And uh, now we've got a case which is unprecedented. Uh, it clearly is soaked in politics. And Ted and I are going to kind of speculate along with you about where we go from here. Now, hopefully we'll keep him in uh, on our screen and in our voice because he's uh, traveling. But if he goes in and out, we'll, we'll stay with him. Um, there he is. Yeah, but but the most interesting thing to me, Ted, uh, was you, you as we know Donald Trump as a natural showman. What does he do when yeah, he, he is. when he gets out of this deal? He goes to the most popular Cuban restaurant in Miami, and why wouldn't he? They are so patriotic. They saw all this crap in Cuba unfold. They see it happening here. And he goes in there. Sure he goes in there to a hero's welcome. That was a genius move, and it was spontaneous. And they couldn't, the press couldn't predict it. And what does he do when he gets in there, Ted? He hollers, "Food for everyone!" I mean, did he just come up with that off the top of his head? Probably, but he's a promoter. He's been promoting. Everything. He is a promoter. He, he is, is great a at doing promoter. that. And I'm, 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 I, he'll turn this into a big promotion. And the question, Ted, that I've been reading about, and I'm sure you've been thinking about, there's no question but what Donald Trump is resilient and has all sorts of charm with his people. But is that the best direction now for the Republican Party? And uh, I'm not even going to you know, talk that, about the nation. That's the question, yeah. yeah. I'm not even going to talk about the nation because the nation's in the, you know, dumps right now anyway. But what do we do from here on? And, hey, I'm all ears. I know you don't have the answers. Uh, None of us does. But we do have a showman. 
We do have, and by the way, Reuters has written about this. I was just talking with you before we went on. Uh, it could be a year before a trial takes place. Um, right. So, yeah, we've right. got a lot of things going on here. So take it away. I'll hush and um, I enjoy really watching you travel um, <laughs> in, in style. Yeah. This is traveling in style. Luckily, I've got my current wife of 48 years, Carolyn, driving. And, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, just, it, it, we're just fortunate to be able to do this. Um, but you're, you, you brought up what's going on with Trump. And it is. It's unprecedented that we've never seen anything like this. And it, it's so much like a banana republic. And, you know, he is a promoter. I got I was fortunate to be able to talk at his first rally he did in Florida, in Tampa. And um, the thing that impressed me is when I first met him, just down to earth guy. Was when the bet over. He's behind screen. He, he, he did the rope line, shook everybody's hand. And he's going to walk in the back, and they started to turn the music off. And he said very politely, no, 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 no. Keep the music on. I want people to go home with this feeling. And so, you know, he cares about the crowd and what they think and things like that. And that's uh, kind of what he did when he, I assume he went to Emiliano's in uh, uh, Miami. And, um, you know, did the same thing. And he's spontaneous like that. And that, again, is why people love him so much. But where do we go from here? Is this the best thing for the Republican Party? I'm really focused on the Republican Party. I think there's too much focus on parties. I think we should focus on what's best for America. And, uh, you know, these people and try and get paid the dues because, you know, I don't work for you and I don't work for the Republican Party. I work for the American people that sent me up here. And, summer picnic at the White House, uh, White House lawn. Um, it was just a, a, a raunchy uh, demonstration of the bad part of America. I mean, there's women there that are bare-chested walking around in the White House lawn, and uh, that's not the image of America, especially not the White House. And uh, this administration, when you look at what they have done to lower the standard or lower the credibility of America around the world, it's time that we put somebody into the White House that is going to unite America and um, it's time that we put what's best for America at heart. And um, I can tell you, it's not the democratic Marxist agenda. I mean, that thing, that agenda is tearing America apart and it's putting people at odds. And in, interestingly, um, I read yesterday where people that relate to conservative values or relate as a conservative are at a, an all-time high. It's like it's 72%. And it went up 12% in a year's time. And I can only believe that's what what's going on with wokeism, uh, with uh, uh, Dylan Dylan Mulvaney and and the Bud Light fiasco and, and these other corporations that have chosen to weigh weigh into that. And um, you know, I think we need that leader that will unite America and get out of the circus. Can Donald Trump do that? I don't know. Um, you know, he certainly has the skills to lead this nation. And uh, we've talked to a lot of people. In fact, I had a guy stop by yesterday and uh, we were talking politics. He's an older gentleman. And he goes, you know, I, I wish he just put the guy in jail. And I was kind of shocked. And, and he goes, understand me. He goes, I've been a Trump supporter from the very beginning, but it has to stop that attitude of his, you know, where he's just always running down people and, and, um, you know, I think when he starts losing, he, Donald Trump starts losing that hardcore base, I, I think you'll see him kind of fade off. But I don't know if that'll happen. Um, but I do know this. We need to have somebody in America that can unite America so that we become the United States of America again. Well, I went through a pretty thorough analysis this yesterday, and um what I have come up with, Ted, and I think you'll realize it too, 
Donald Trump has saturated the media 24-7-365 at least since 2016. Oh, yeah. He's great great for their advertising. Maybe even even before that. But let's say 2016 with the... uh, mythical coming down the you know the stairs and all that up down to 2023 and hasn't paid a dime for any of this at, at advertising that a politician normally would have to raise money to pay for and now i will assure you he's going to saturate the media it doesn't matter whether it's good news or bad news because it's news i mean and he will dominate and live, as they say, rent-free in the minds of his opponents, drive them nuts. And um, the calculations, and if the, I don't know, pollsters, are, I don't put much stock in pollsters, and I know a bunch of them, I'm sure you do too, and, you know, this and that. What they'll be trying to calculate with their imprecise calculations is whether or not Biden would beat Trump in another race. And we'll get Ted back in a minute here, I'm sure. But um, that's a tough, tough question because they'll beat 50% of the people in the country just don't like Trump as a person. And I'll repeat this as Ted comes on again. You back, Ted? Are Are you back? Yeah, yeah. what I was saying, Ted, is that the issue will become whether these pollsters can calculate accurately, when I don't think they can, whether or not Biden would beat Trump. And probably he would, because there's so many Trump haters who hate Trump personally, like the gentleman you just talked about, who will just come out and reactionarily vote and fall into the lap of Biden by de facto. Um, that's a real significant problem. And uh, the, the closest guy to being able to topple this kind of uh, balance is probably DeSantis. And um, um, I've got the chat lines open here. I'm watching some of the good people here who watch regularly. Doug Whitaker from Mexico, Ray Stern, Matt Cannon, Brenda Dolrick, uh, uh, Plantation, Mark, Ken Hillier. Oh, uh, this is Jim Murphy. This is the place where we where we are, my friends. And um, going forward, we're going to have to figure out uh, what's the best thing to do. But we got about a year, do we not? I mean, we we're actually a little ways out. So, um, um, waiting on Ted to get back. He's en route up into um, um, beyond uh, Atlanta, and there's some problematic areas there. We appreciate him just checking in uh, anyway while he's on the road uh, with Carolyn driving. But um, um, the speculation in Reuters, for example, is what impact will this case yesterday have on Trump's campaign? Um, The big charge here is violation of the Espionage Act, which is really, you know, shoveling it pretty deep. but none of these charges in this indictment, according to Reuters, are not particularly, by the way, uh, Trump fans. None of them would automatically prevent Trump from campaigning or taking office, even if he's convicted. Uh, and his legal woes, at least in some calculations, have not hurt his standing with Republican voters although we have the testimony from uh, the gentleman who spoke with Ted Yoho yesterday. Um, But a Reuters poll released on Monday showed that Trump still leads rivals for the Republican nomination uh, for the 2024 presidential election by a wide margin, and that 81% of Republican voters view the charges as politically motivated. Now, most of Trump's Republican presidential rivals have lined up behind him 
and accused the FBI of political bias. And that's a sharp turn, Reuters notes, from the Republican Party's traditional support for law enforcement. Think about that for a moment. That's kind of a big bridge to burn. That it's almost been standard wisdom, if you will, that the anti-police are the Democrats with their defund the cops thing and their elevation of the victim to the hero and the pursuer of the victim to the villain. And yet, the weaponization of the FBI against a Republican candidate, which has been going on, as we say, all the way back to at least 2016, has burnt a bridge, according to Reuters polling, with the law enforcement world. And um, you can bet that Trump is going to be hollering that he's under attack and he needs help and all that from his supporters. Um, Trump is going to continue to deny wrongdoing. He's going to call the case a politically motivated witch hunt. And he has a right to face trial within 100 days, according to Reuters. But that rarely happens in complex cases. And this is a very, as we're talking about, not only a black swan a complicated case, but a black swan case. Um, and likely there are going to ex- be extended deadlines as uh, the legal disputes uh, get tossed back and forth between the liars. Um, the question comes up, should Trump testify? Of course, we talked yesterday about O.J. Simpson said, no, uh, don't talk. But I don't think you can keep talk, uh, Trump from talking, not testifying something else. But uh, criminal defendants are not required to testify, and they rarely do because they don't want to be uh, cross-examined. Trump did not testify at a recent civil trial over sex abuse and defamation claims that this E. Jean Carroll brought against him. Um, So the question then becomes, what happens in the case if Trump wins the election? And it is unlikely the prosecution will proceed if Trump wins the 2024 presidential election, which is an interesting situation, isn't it not? The U.S. Department of Justice is part of the executive branch. And the presidents are the top federal law enforcement officer in the country. Federal prosecutors serve at their pleasure. Hey, when Biden tries to say he's staying out of it, don't you believe that for one moment? Garland is behind this. Garland doesn't do anything without Biden's approval. Once again, it appears that Biden's tactic is, so to speak, to stay in the basement. And let the press and let the hatred for Trump as a person play out without him having to say a word. So there's been a decades old policy that a sitting president cannot be prosecuted. And um, we'll see. This Merrick Garland could ignore that policy and forge ahead. If Biden's the president. But Trump as the president could fire him, no doubt would right away, and hire an acting replacement of his choice before naming a permanent successor subject to U.S. Senate confirmation. And by the way, Barr, who has been running Trump down, at the end of his criticism of Trump, told the reporter, but I'll still vote for him. Now, that is very interesting. That is most interesting. So I will maybe get Ted Yoho back, and I certainly hope so. Uh, He's en route with Carolyn driving. Uh, They're 
somewhere headed towards the mountains of Georgia. Let me take a look at the chat line here and see if there's anything you got on your mind. Um, yes, uh, the incident at the White House, which we were talking about, uh, where we had the pride topless display, even displayed the flags improperly uh, on the balcony of the White House. Uh, this seems to be this seems to be the style of governance of Biden and even politically the left. Uh, rules, regulations are not necessarily something they came, pay much attention to. Um, so Jim Murphy asked what would be the result of Trump was sentenced to prison for four years. Um, Jim, I don't know. That's the black swan event. Maybe the streets, who knows? You don't know. I don't know. We really are much like, are we not, these countries that we've been criticizing all this time because they're not more like the United States, when if something like that were to happen, the United States would be more like those countries. Very, very difficult to predict. Is it not? Um, I'm assuming Ted is unavailable because of limitations on the internet traveling while in a car. So we'll we'll do the best we can, and hopefully we'll get him back. Um, let me just look at my notes here. I've got a couple other stories I want to share with you. Um, I don't know if I want to get into a lengthy discussion of them until I know for sure of that. Uh, that's not be back. Meanwhile, I will do this. Let's go over and talk about DeSantis for a moment. Uh, he's obviously the one that I think, uh, you know, the, the story is that the Democrats are lining up a backup should DeSantis surface as the Republican nominee they'll bring in the governor of California and the governor of California is already out there testing the waters is he not and even backpedal the other day on taking a positive notion of the homeless in California and admitted that California had done a horrible job with the homeless. And it was immediately an analysis of that. What is he up to? Why is he doing that? And he did it on Fox. So why did he say that on a conservative station and take ownership of this enormous problem? And the answer is probably that he is preparing to step in depending upon how this goes with Trump. Because the book is Biden will beat Trump. The book is that the Republicans will put Trump back in there's as their choice. But should Trump go to the jug and start stacking time, as we say, then who would be best able to take on DeSantis? And the Democrat thinking appears to be it would be the governor of California. Now, the media is already smearing DeSantis in case this scenario should come down. 
The media, according to Dave Seminara, who's from St. Pete, Florida, and published this in the Wall Street Journal a while back, a couple weeks back, the media wants Donald Trump. Hang on, let me take this call. It's from Ted. Hang on, buddy. Um, couldn't take it. Let's see. Hang on, friends. We'll be talking right on the phone here. Hasn't answered yet, my fans. Okay, I couldn't get him because he's got an answering machine on. Okay, good enough. We're working with it. The media is preparing... for all these scenarios, and they're trying to actually help nominate Donald Trump. Because if they can, the media, if they can get Donald Trump to be the choice, then they feel they'll reelect Joe Biden. And we're talking about this right now with you. So the media has begun to build a narrative about DeSantis. And the narrative is that he's unlikable. That's one component of the narrative. And the other component is that he's an extremist who bans books, erases black history, and persecutes immigrants and gay people. Now, you you, you see what's going on here. Hence, Biden has a gay pride on the front lawn, topless deal, a whole bit of the White House. That's all. Oh, he's got a storm. I see he's got, he's going through a storm. Uh, we'll maybe get back with him a little bit. He just texted me. Um, yeah, there's a storm up towards Atlanta. And we'll probably take a look at it here when we do the weather in a minute. But meanwhile, I'm going to run this narrative and when Ted checks back in, uh, once he gets through that storm, uh, I'm sure he'll pick up on his thread. But that's the narrative that's being prepared. Okay? That's the narrative that's being prepared. Because <clears throat> of this black swan event. So one way to be able to Watch this. Is if the media keeps smearing DeSantis heavily, they will be thinking that Trump will not be the nominee, which they want. They want Trump to be the nominee because Biden will beat Trump because of all the Trump haters. So they've got to make now, you follow all this? Uh, very clear to me. So therefore, it should be clear to you, right? They've got to make people hate DeSantis. In case he becomes the nominee. They're not even talking about Christie, those guys. don't. Those guys have got no chance. It's DeSantis, the governor of the state of Florida. We're going to take a break for the weather report. And uh, come out of that, we may... Spend a couple extra minutes on that weather report, uh, seeing if Ted can get through the storm. But you follow what we're talking about here? This very interesting navigation going on right now. Big time things to think about. The future of the country hanging in the balance. You're right back on the Ward Scott Files. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. 
This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, R&R Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.awardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All bees poop. A warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. All right, welcome back to Ward Scott Files here. Um, uh, we just kind of um, ran an extra ad there trying to give Ted some time to get out of a storm that he's in around um, Atlanta area, traveling in his car, talking with us about this Black Swan event. And we may get him back, we may not. Um, but if we do, we'll tap right into him uh, right away. Um See if I can say anything else. I'm looking at the chat line. Um, well, the weather here is um, getting hotter. It's up in the high 70s right now. It's going to go up in the low 90s today. Um, but the real heat right now is evidently around um, um, Dallas, Texas. Uh, Friday could be the first triple-digit temperature day of the year for that city in that area. Uh, according to AccuWeather, uh, it could be the first 100-degree day uh, to uh, come around for a while. And there's a high-pressure area building in the upper levels of the atmosphere just south of the southern U.S. border. And the temperatures are going to consequently climb higher. On Friday, a high temperature in Dallas is expected to reach 100 degrees. Uh, the record high for that day uh, which was set nearly 100 years ago in 1924, is 103 degrees. So you're going to keep, begin record temperatures there. Uh, there's a heat dome, a dome of heat, high pressure the area that is keeping this warm weather over that city. Wow, keep it away from us. Well, 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 we are speculating now, trying to cipher and auger Auger is a term I love. It's a country term. Uh, now you're augering, means you're keeping your uh, your your machinery in the rows. You're not going outside the rows and tearing up what you're trying to trying to uh, clean up. Um, and we used to old country said, so "Now you're augering." When you're augering, buddy, you're you're right there in a straight line. And you're you're on target. You know what you're doing. Um, the narrative that you need to watch now 
is uh, how the press t- treats, uh, treats DeSantis. Um, right now, of course, he is saying that he's going to take his woke agenda out to the nation and stop the wokeism in the nation, which would be, say, to stop the left, which would be to stop the Democrats. It's not an easy task because the press is going is filled with woke and they're going to work against him. They're going to undermine him every step of the way. Now, Trump never talks about woke. He talks about jobs. He talks about, you know, the economy, the businessman. But they've done a job on him now. They got him smeared. And they got Gavin Newsom waiting in the background. But they haven't really figured out how to smear DeSantis. So the narrative is that he's unlikable. And since he's unlikable, he's unelectable. And this likability is what is so perplexing to the naysayers about Trump. Just when they think they've got him unlikable, he stops off at a Cuban restaurant and buys dinner for everybody. And he's cheering. They can't seem to stick a fork in him and stop him. I mean, how in the world does he do it? Let's see what we got here. Hang on. Hang on. Hello. Ted, why don't you call in to the call-in number? We're going to give you the call-in number. Yeah, Zach's going to send you the call-in number, okay? All right. All right, I hope Zach can hear me. Zach, send Ted the call-in number. That's the best way to do it. He'll call in. Thank you, my my, my students, for listening to me. Uh, why, why can't he call the call number? Do it right now. So Zach is setting up the call-in number, and we'll have Ted back in a moment. And uh, we'll continue this conversation. So as soon as I am uh, see Ted's in the waiting room, of course, we'll let him in. So think about this. The media is um, schmearing. DeSantis is unlikable. They try to smear Trump as unlikable. But Trump whoops them at their own game. Not to say there aren't people who don't like him. Here's the call-in number. And we'll see if he checks in in a minute. Production will tell me. Welcome, host. You are now in the host room and can manage your callers from the call-in studio web interface. So as we're waiting for Ted to come in, uh, Vanity Fair published a in, in May a an article on DeSantis titled Being an Unlikable Jerk Not Working Out So Well for Ron DeSantis. Do you get the picture, my friends? The Atlantic ran a lengthy piece on this with the subhead, quote, people who haven't met him think he's a hot commodity. People who have met him aren't so sure. And students, I've been trying to help you understand how to read the media and read between the lines, as we say. So you've got electability, likability, authenticity. And it's a constant presentation now by the media in in anticipation of the race going several different ways. So... 
The common critique of Trump is that he's not a serious person. That he's spontaneous, he turns on his friends, all this kind of business. But so now we have a a serious candidate in the sense. And the media is trying to figure out how they can have it both ways. How can you criticize Trump for not being serious? And then have the Republicans pick a candidate who is serious. And I'm betting you that it won't make any difference. They'll just change their approach and go after the new terminology. He says he hasn't received it yet, Ted. I'll, 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 let me text it to him. Hang on, Ted. Um <clears throat> Hang on, my friends. I'm, I'm working here for us. I've got to write the number down myself because I don't remember it. Um, I guess Zach did send it to him or text it to him. Oh, okay, okay. Then I'll, I'll, I'll text it to him. Hang on. That's a good point. Okay, my friends, I just texted that, and we are at 942, so we'll be getting that taken care of. I apologize for that, but the show goes on, my friends. The show goes on, and we'll have her here in a minute. He's got the number, and um, check on my chat line again to see who's been patiently waiting. Jody Davis has just checked in. Um, okay. Hello, Ted. Hey. Hey, it's going to work out fine. Uh, we should have thought of this before. Okay, sorry, and my apologies. My now, apologies you, to you and your listeners. You deserve better. Well, we should we should have thought of it before, but I've been talking. You know, you know, I'm a co-pilot, so I can get I can get plane down on through bad weather, Ted. <laughs> um, there you go. Here's what I've been talking about, my man. What does the press do now that they've got to figure out what candidate they want to smear next? And I'm referring to an article that was in the journal about about half a month ago where the press is uh, really wanting Trump to be the nominee because they think Biden can beat him. And because Trump is so unlikable. And you just gave a story about somebody deciding that and talking about that. So the narrative then, uh, should what are they going to do? Should DeSantis be the nominee? So they have already started casting him as unlikable, that he's an extremist who bans books and erases black history and persecutes immigrants and gay people. So this is all into the conversation of what we were talking about before we lost you. Um, where do we go from here? And how the, the, the joker in the deck here is how does the press proceed from here? You got any opinion about that? Yeah, I do. And I think that's a very good point you brought up. You know, the press would love to have him as the candidate. And keep in mind who we're up against. We're up against the Marxist faction of the Democratic Party, which is the majority of that party. And so if they have Donald Trump um, as the candidate, they are going to ignite the Antifa movement, the Black Lives Matter movement. You're going to see all that ugliness we saw before. And um, their goal is to divide America. And they've done an excellent job at doing that. Uh, All you had to do is be in one of those rallies where Antifa was up in Washington, D.C., to see the hatred uh, and the kind of division that they try to do. There was no reasoning with those people. And so the media is going to do whatever they can to make him the candidate to go ahead and do that to divide this nation more. 
and I don't know what their end goal is. Um, you know, I don't know if it's, you know, to start some kind of a conflict so they can call martial law. And, you know, I don't want to get off into, you know, different rabbit holes. But you're right. If, if he's not, they've already demonized DeSantis. And I was, it's funny that you brought that up because I was reading some polling and it had uh, Trump was leading the pack. And then it went into Mike Pompeo. Nikki Haley, and it talked about everybody but Ron DeSantis. So the media purposely took the second runner uh, or the second most uh, uh, likely Republican, and they removed him from the discussion. And this is something they typically do. I talked to Tulsi Gabbard um, about a week and a half ago, and the Democratic Party did the same thing to her because she was a threat. And uh, the media... And the party of big government are going to do whatever they can to put the candidate they want, not the candidate the American people want. If it is Trump, they will do whatever they can to destroy him further. And the other joker in the deck, as we were talking about also, is Gavin Newsom waiting in the wings. Should DeSantis emerge as the selection? (laughs) The thinking is... Biden will drop out and Newsom will step in. Have you heard any of that? Um, you know, I've heard the speculation on that. And if it's Gavin Newsom, you know, God, God help us if he gets elected. Um, all you have to do is listen to his policies. Look at what has happened under his watch in San Francisco. And it's not just his watch. It's 15 years of, um, of, democratic rule i mean that state is going to become a failed state um you know you see that mass exodus out of there like you're seeing in new york and do we really want that for the rest of america i don't think so and i think the american people are looking again for that person that can be neither republican democrat conservative liberal i want them to be an american that's going to look at what is best for our country No, not just for the now, but for 15, 20 years now. And I don't see anybody articulating a message like that to where we move this country forward. And I think the last thing I saw a president do was Ronald Reagan. And then prior to that, it would have been John Kennedy with the space program. And then um, Eisenhower with the interstate system. We don't have anybody looking long term that is in the pack that I see right now. Well, I agree with you. I'm sitting here thinking, listening to you. Um, It just seems to be politics moment to moment. What do you think is the role now, we haven't talked about this, of the congressional committees? And can they defund this special prosecutor chasing Trump? Let me think about that. Um, I don't think they can. Well, if it's at the federal level, they could. But if it's at a state level, no. This would be at the federal level. So, yeah, they probably could. Uh, and that guy is just a political hack. Um, you know, when you get somebody that's that biased, that's the wrong person to have in there. You know, you can't have fair uh, due process with somebody like that. Well, that was one tactic I heard that might be out there on the deck. Um, the role of the McCarthy, how do we how do we calculate that in all this? Has he been um, successful, partly successful? I know you had your – we discussed him before he became the, the man. No, I don't think he's been successful. He's, well, it depends on whose team he's on. If he's on the team of a big government – He's highly successful. You know, when you pass that um, debt ceiling vote with more Democrats and Republicans and you have the majority, I mean, that tells you right there that he is not serving his party and the people that elected the majority. He's serving the party of big government. I mean, that's that's just as clear as all get out. And I don't think anybody can dispute that. Kevin would dispute it. But when you look at uh, Paul Ryan was the same. John Boehner was the same. John Boehner uh, passed, 
you know, the same kind of bills with more Republicans than Democrats. And then they want to complain uh, how we lost the majority. Well, it's because you don't deserve the rule or lead if you can't, you know, bring your team together. And the reason they can't bring it together is they don't have a, a consensus of, um, of their members that are in the majority. Well, it's uh, kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, are you there? Go ahead. I'm listening. No, no, go ahead. Um, but it's, you know, so Kevin McCarthy, I think he's the wrong person. I thought he was the wrong person going in there. You know, I, I listed mine. I, I've written an article. Uh, Kevin's biggest thing is he's just not trustworthy, and he showed that. Um, and I don't know why they haven't moved to um, vacate the chair. I, I suspect if that vote did come up, um, that the Democrats would vote to keep them in there. Why wouldn't they? I mean, they're getting their bills passed, and um, there's just so much sophistry up there about, you know, how much money we saved in the food stamp program and all these things. That's all a bunch of BS. Um, they haven't saved a dime. All they did was raise the debt ceiling is the bottom line. And um, it's just, to me, it's unconscionable that somebody that – to become the Speaker of the House and gave all these concessions and said he was going to govern in a certain way, he's not doing that. And, and that's the true colors of Kevin that I saw for eight years. Um, and again, um, you know, if you go back to Trump, and I know it's kind of bouncing around here, Donald Trump, you know, I, I think I heard somebody say this uh, just the other day, and they said he's like one of those great quarterbacks in a, in a, just a winning team. And then he's played hard. Um, he kind of, you know, for whatever reason, he lost his mojo and he's trying to come back, but the, the, the franchise has moved beyond that. And I think America's moved beyond that. Yes. We would love to see him win. We love the fight he has, but is that the best thing for America? And, uh, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of this get worked out, um, between now and the primary. Well, it's going to be interesting how it plays. And I think one of the things we can do on a program like this is help educate the people to know how to interpret what questions are being asked and why. <laughs> Everything is loaded. You well, know? we've got to do, we've got to do politics different. We can't just elect a leader like a president Trump or DeSantis or, you know, the dark horse that may show up. You've got to bring in people that are going to be hardcore, sticking to the Constitution, people that are hardcore about doing immigration the way it's supposed to and border security, getting our debt under control. And um, I don't know if you've caught on, but uh, Biden in the last couple of weeks is starting to cozy up to China and they're cozying up to Iran. And, you know, what, what he's going to do is he's going to do like, Obama did. They're they're freeing up assets back to Iran. I think it was two point nine billion dollars that were frozen um, due to sanctions, and he's going to free that up in the hopes that they're going to play nicer. And what they don't understand is these people are out to win. China wants to be the world hegemon. Uh, Iran hates America, and so to play nice with these people is like giving a shark more teeth and thinking he won't bite you. Absolutely. What do you make of the where we are right now with Ukraine? Uh, this is a proxy war that you're seeing the United States do most of the funding, and then you're seeing Iran and uh, China and North Korea aiding Ukraine. So you've got, I don't know, you good Russia. versus evil. Um, aiding Russia, you mean? Yeah, I mean, but... There, they're aiding, yeah, they're, they're aiding Russia. I said Ukraine. Um, they're, and so what this is going to do is it's not going to solve the problem. And I mean, when, when Putin went in there and there, the indiscriminate killings they're doing of the Ukrainian people, that was a sovereign nation. And then you see who's backing them. It's other people, other despots. You know, you've got Kim Jong un, you've got Xi Jinping. You've got the Ayatollahs and their regimes. All the people that were against, there are no. 
all the people that are against liberty and freedom are supporting um, the criminal Putin. And um, um, I think America has a role, but you have to understand that NATO is the one that has the biggest investment in that. Even though Ukraine is not a NATO partner, <clears throat> this is an encroachment on the NATO nations. And if we put money in there, everybody ought to match what we're doing. And um, I would hope there could be some kind of a peace negotiation. But uh, when I was at over in South Korea and we were speaking, well, we got to hear um, President Zelensky's wife speak. And she said the only thing that they'll negotiate on as far as Russia is complete surrender and everything uh, that they've taken uh, stays in Russia's hands. And so it, it's a terrible situation. And, um, you know, we've got Western liberal democracies and Asian, Asian liberal democracies versus the totalitarian state. And that's what this is coming down to. And, um, you know, there will be no liberty and freedom if the other side wins. Well, it certainly is expensive in terms of humanity. Well, I'm telling you, and people sitting. Oh, it is. It's even become divisive in the sports world, the tennis world, which is an international sport. Uh, We've got players from uh, Russia playing people from Ukraine and won't shake hands at the end of the match, walk away from each other. Um, That's how bad it is in terms of trickling all the way down to things that really don't have any political uh, participation. Um, So I don't see the end of it coming up if these people. Well, yeah. Our country is divided more than I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I grew up during the civil rights movement and uh, the Vietnam era, and you, you can remember that. But I've never seen this kind of division in our country. You know, it's like right is right versus wrong. You know, and I mean, for the White House to have a picnic up there celebrating gay pride, I've got nothing against gay people or any of that. But to have it up there in such a raunchy fashion um, you know, making a just a a spectacle of, I, I guess, obscenity when you look at what the United States is supposed to represent around the world, and that's the image that goes out of what America of what is representing America, and um, you know that's the Biden Marxist regime, and you know I feel comfortable using the word Marxist because they are all about control. Just go back to when the mandates were and the vitriol coming out of the people from the White House, from Fauci, from the MSNBCs, that if you didn't get a vaccine and, and the hatred they had. Um, and so if you get them in charge and then think of this, if if the Democrats get the House back, hmm. Joaquin Jeffries will be the speaker. Whoa. Chuck Schumer will be the, the head of the president. And if you get a Gavin Newsom in there, you don't think America will get to a point where we won't ever come back? And um, I think that would get everybody in the Congress or everybody to elect a strong leader on a conservative side and then bring in with that person conservative representatives that are going to do what they can to redirect America in the direction it was uh, set up to be. Well, we're out of time, and thanks for hanging with us. And we finally found a way. We should have probably thought about it earlier, but uh, we do the best we can, and we did real well here at the end. Have a great trip. I uh, hope to see you in a week, and uh, um, good thoughts. And, uh, and I'll be got, stationary. Uh, yeah, and we got this Black Swan event, which Ted and I tried to make sense of today, and I don't think anybody can really, by definition, fully figure it out. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. Have a great day, Ted. And yeah, and again, my yeah. Yeah, my apologies for having bad reception. Nah, we're okay. We're did fine. Thank you, sir. And uh, Warthog Command. Take care. Have a great week. Okay. Warthog Command Center out.